Welcome back to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hell. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, the congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. I apologize for getting today's episode posted a little bit later than normal. We've had uh, some things going on in our family, kind of a death in our family, and uh, so I've been occupied with things and just had my mind on other things, but have a break and wanted to, to jump in to Galatians for my own personal comfort uh, and that y'all might be comforted as well. We're looking at Galatians chapter 5. We've been working our way through chapter 5 verses 16 through 26. And today we're going to look just at the last two verses of this section, verses 25 and 26, where Paul kind of sets this back in the broader context of what uh, he's been talking to the Galatians about. So let me pray for us and then we will jump in and get right to it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the strength that you provide for us. We thank you that you have given us your spirit, who is our comforter, who is our helper, who through whom you are ever present in times of trouble. We pray that you would, as we hear Paul call us to today, teach us to walk in the spirit by whom we have life. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. So this is what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Well, we're looking here at these last two verses that I just read, verses 25 and 26, where Paul makes this statement, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Now, as you may know, and I think we've mentioned uh, before on our daily devotion, as we've looked at these passages dealing with walking in the Spirit, the idea of walking is a common metaphor that is used throughout the Bible for our kind of normal way of life. So in one sense, Paul is saying, if we live by the Spirit, let us live by the Spirit. Uh, and, but what he's doing is he's, he's recognizing the starting point of the Christian life and the continuing point, the continuing means of the Christian life are just the same. If we live by the Spirit, that is, if it is the Spirit who has worked faith in us, if the Spirit regenerates us, if the Spirit opens our eyes and ears that we might see and hear the call of the gospel, that we might believe, if the Spirit is the one who applies to us the redemption purchased by Christ and all of the benefits that flow therefrom, if the Spirit is the one who is at work in us to sanctify us, if, if it is by the Spirit that we live in the first place, Paul is saying, then let us continue to live by the Spirit. Let us walk by the Spirit. If He is the one that gives life to begin with, then let us continue to go to Him. Let us continue to live 
in the life that he gives. This was the issue that the Galatians were facing if we want to get right down to it. He says so as much back in Galatians chapter 3. We read this line of questioning. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? See, that's the issue. They recognized, apparently, that the way this whole thing, this Christian life to which they were given, the way it had begun in them was by the Spirit. But then when the Judaizers came in, these people that that sought to uh, that, that sought to add works to the law that Paul says were spying out their freedom and, and all of these different things, when they came in, they began to say, oh, well, if we really want to be good Christian people, if we really want to be loved by God, if we really want to stand justified before God, then we have to continue to, and, and do these works. Yes, the Spirit began this work in us, but now we must continue it by our obedience. Paul, back in Galatians 3, shows them exactly how foolish that is. If you couldn't get the work going, then you can't keep the work going. If you needed help to get started, you're going to need to help. You're going to need help to keep going. And the help that we needed to get started is the very same help that we need to keep going, and that is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ at work in us. We forget sometimes that sanctification, as the Westminster Shorter Catechism defines it, is a work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed after the, in the whole man after the end of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. Notice what it's saying there. First of all, it says very clearly it's a work of God's grace. It's God doing something in us. Here in Galatians chapter 5, Paul reminds us it is, in fact, the Spirit that is doing something in us. And he sees the same thing, or we see the same thing in Romans chapter 8. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body. And that's what the catechism question goes on to say. Notice that, that we're passive in all this. We are renewed in the whole man after the image of God. It doesn't say we renew ourselves, but we are renewed. We are being renewed and are enabled. It doesn't say that we strengthen ourselves. Rather, God is at work in us, specifically the third person of the Godhead, the, the Spirit, is at work in us for what? We are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. See, we oftentimes like to think, like to think of sanctification as our work, as something that we do. But in fact, even as our catechism defines it, it is a work of God's grace by which through his working we are strengthened, by which through his working we are renewed, by which through his working we are enabled. Here's what this means. If we stop relying on him, if we stop walking in the spirit, guess what else stops? Our sanctification. Because we can't do it. If we start trying to do it on our own, it's over. Because we can't do it. We can't enable ourselves. We can't renew ourselves. We need God to do this in us. We can't put ourselves to the, the, the deeds, the body, to death. We just can't do it. 
And so Paul reminds the Galatians here, after laying out the contrast of flesh and spirit and how these work together or, or, or work opposite each other, he reminds us if it all began by the Spirit, then it must all continue by the Spirit. We can't continue in our own strength what we couldn't even start in our own strength. And so he says, let us not become conceited. Let's not become so focused on ourselves. Let's not turn this into what we've done and, and what we think we can do and what we believe we are accomplishing in the Christian life. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to work at all. And so Paul calls us away from that. He calls us away, uh, away from this conceit whereby we think we are the ones that are doing it, where we are boasting about what we are doing. Why? Because as he continues, when we become conceited, when we, be, when we are boasting about what we are doing, what we're actually doing is provoking one another and envying one another. What we're doing when we turn in on ourselves and stop relying on the Spirit and stop recognizing that it is the Spirit who is at work in us, what we're doing when we, when we think that it's us doing it is living in, in envy towards each other, provoking each other, boasting about things that we actually aren't even doing. That's our flesh. That's not the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is what comes out. Not enmity, not strife, not jealousy, not rivalries and dissensions, not envy. Not these things that are focused on us, but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. No provocation, no boasting, no envying. Just peace and joy. That's what the Spirit works in us. When we look at the church and the struggles that the church faces and the, the quarrels that we have, we can say beyond the shadow of a doubt that all of that exists because of our failure to walk in the Spirit, because of our envying one another, because of our provoking one another, because we have, in fact, become conceited, thinking it's about what we do or have done or are doing or will do rather than what the Spirit is leading us in. If we want to bring peace to the church, if we want to bring restoration to the church, true community among believers, that comes only when we are walking in the Spirit and it is Him who gave life that is continuing to vivify our every action. So might we do that? Might we no longer walk in the flesh, but in the Spirit? that we might not gratify the desires of the flesh, becoming boastful, provoking one another, and envying one another, but resting wholly in Christ who is our helper. Amen. Mm -hmm.